0: 13 <laughs> Rimshot
1: <laughs> bing doom. Hello and welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey, a live-play podcast played by a group of friends with nothing better to do. Guys, our community is growing and we're so pleased that everybody is enjoying our show. We've got lots of creative content on any media outlet as well as Twitch. And if you want to catch on all the action, make sure you're joining our Instagram with the link below. If you want to chat outside of streaming hours, make sure you join our Discord, which is also presented in our show notes. Thank you again for all your patronage. Thank you everybody for tuning in and listening to D&D Valiant Odyssey. We do this for our enjoyment and we hope you get a little bit of enjoyment out of it too. So here's the very next episode. Thank you so much and enjoy.
2: Um, Can anyone detect magic? I'm immediately moving towards the glowy, shiny thing.
1: I, I immediately <laughs> not, not again, <laughs> um, Felix immediately gets out of the water, shakes himself off and sees it, and then he's ooh. like, ooh, like a boo in the Cave of Wonders. <laughs> okay. are we, are we all there at the same? Yes, you all get there at the same time. Um, rod's we'll... still coming through, but the three of you get there. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: All right. I'll just do a
1: perception and <laughs> survival check to uh, sort of assess or wherever. Uh, all of you can do a arcana check. Except for me, who's still trudging. Yes, floor. except for Halrod. It looks definitely magical. You cannot be certain as from looking at it. Um, but as you look at this podium, this pedestal key, you can see that there is a bow upon it. And you remember your mythological story about the slaying of a Zulu. This bow is golden. This bow is long. And you can see various vining crustaceans around it. You can see that it is quite... It looks quite heavy duty as well. Um, delicately made, but heavy duty all the same. You can see that there is this shining string that sort of looks like a thread of silver hair that uh, joins both at the top and bottom of the bow. And at that point, as all three of you start to look at this this incredible sight, you watch as Felix starts to take a step towards it. You put a hand on his shoulder to stop him, Key, and you emerge out of the water, Halrod. To these three cats looking at the shining light. Pretty much. More than is more it than a I short think. bow or a long bow? It is a long bow. Long bow. And you can see that encrusted yeah. on the dais, there is the symbol of uh Kosona. Dibs. Uh at that. What do you guys want to do? I grab it, I pick it up, and I throw it to Harold. <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh try, sort of check cracks and stuff and see whether it's roll a survival check. You can see a large slither mark moving to the left of this dais that seems to move through a large hole in the rock that seems to push through. You also have your hunter's mark going and it's consistent with the direction. As you get this bow and you pick it up, you can see engraved upon it uh seems to be the words. So as you look at it, this there's this engraving in Elvish on the bow. Do you read Elvish first oh, of all?
3: do I read Elvish? That is a question be awkward if you didn't it's <laughs> gonna be funny it's supposed to be real or I don't think I do. I think I do. Draconic, dwarvish, and
1: nomish. You can see that there's this Elvish script across it, but you can't seem to read it. Does anybody read this? Give it a dwarf. I don't know how I hold on to it. I call dibs. Yeah, I'll read it for you. You look over to it and it says Oathbow.
0: I will everything that I'm everything
1: that I'm reading and relaying to you though, I'm gonna speak back in, in um dwarvish. So he speaks in dwarvish to you, sounding weird coming from a Leonan tongue, but that's, conveys- a ter- that's a terrible pronunciation. All the same, you get the idea that this is an oath bow and it seems very regal, almost godly. Oh, mine now. You sling it over your shoulder and as it does, it begins to shine this silver strand of the string moving across your heavy armour.
2: Harold. So this is the bow of Katsuma. You can assume. Yeah. We can assume so. No, we don't have to. I think it's in this journal that I picked up earlier. Ah. So I quickly open up and I look. And I scan specifically looking for passages of the yep. of the bow, which you had found before. And as yep. you open it up, it's mas- mostly a
1: mythological story. But this was the bow gifted to Kisona by the goddess Nekastis, forged in the fires of one of her volcano forges. Uh, it was a weapon and a vestige of the great gods' war, gifted to her. And seemingly, it was her champion's weapon, her weapon, and it was used to slay many monsters during the Great Gods War, most notably Uzulu.
2: In the journal, does it specify whether special arrows are needed or can normal arrows be used? She used arrows
1: forged by Necestes that you can see, but it seems to be able to fire normal arrows as well. It's functional as a bow. Um, But its magical effect would probably extend to the arrows fired upon it.
2: Yep. Yeah. And does the um in regards to the passage talking about um the Battle of Azulu Zulu um does it mention any um no, I've got proper time to read it um any sort of weak points or any specific point that she pierced the um killed this? no stopped uh,
1: as you read it roll an investigation check. Yeah, can I
0: uh, also investigate and or perceive anything in the room?
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. I have an idea. Aim for the colwicker.
1: Nat tiny Natural 20, you having time to actually sit down and read. Kasona, as you know, fought Azulu for 40 days and 40 nights with this very bow, according to mythology. You know that she lured this creature into many environmental hazards and used it to cause environmental destruction that basically crushed it to death. However, in doing so, throughout those 40 days and 40 nights, you read that according to the myth, it rose again and again and again. And again, and it was the blight of Kasona's life. This Azulu, the deceiver, was used by the great God's War Titan of Darkness to prevent Kasona from re-entering the God's War and decimating more of his monsters. This was the ultimate distraction that led to Kasona's non-involvement in the war. But if left at bay, would be devastating to any ...that actually encountered it. You also note as well that she remained in this area of confinement... ...until her priestesses could build a containment space... ...a space that you had seen it had broken out of in some way or another. And when it was within this containment... ...it was only then that she felt safe enough to ascend with the other gods... ...during their division... Which you know to actually have occurred where all of the gods from the Great Gods War divided the elements of Kalamvor into an area of their own domain. And the hunt was given to Kasona as a result of her dedication. So, knowing that, you know that this beast is formidable. You know that it will return, according to mythology, despite your efforts, if not kept at bay by somebody. And that this bow was one of the primary uses towards its destruction.
2: So um, I relay that information to Harold from what I learned from the journal, and I say to him, "So there's a few things we can derive from this. This is a very powerful bow. Okay. Yeah. The user had to stay to keep it under, un- keep this beast under wraps after fighting it for 40 days and 40 nights, allegedly. To use this weapon to as an environment weapon." she would aim for things like on the ceilings or the walls and such to collapse onto the snake
3: which makes me think she's been going about this whole wrong we we just about messed that creature up
2: just before maybe I don't know It's, it's tough with mythology but um
3: maybe a full frontal assault on this creature is actually what's warranted here and take it down without using the environmental hazards I like that idea or just cripple it to the point where it can't die and then be reborn, so it just spends eternity crippled.
1: You know for a fact that she had bested this thing, according to mythology, key, multiple times, and each time it re hmm. Whether it was crushed, stabbed, beheaded, sliced into... She tried everything. This was built as a deception that's why Azulu is called the deceiver hmm.
4: if this thing was to keep coming back after we've killed it I wonder how long it takes if we kill it then we have time to leave and maybe Steal get it? someone who can
2: do something more why do you think I threw him the bow <laughs> proficiency sake. <seek? laughs>
3: <laughs> Last time I checked, a ranger's proficient with a bow, too.
1: He is. As you have this conversation, you do hear a slithering noise coming from the direction you know this Azulu to be. And you just hear this <laughs> as it moves across the stone. Towards? Just around uh, the general. It seems to be in a chasm in or a Kazimora cavern beyond. As you look around, you can see at the base of the dais as well, there seems to be what looks like a, an inlay, but it doesn't appear to be opened. It just looks like there is an edge around this dais that seems to be able to open. Can, can I it? try and open it? As you push it, you watch as it subtracts into the earth and inside you can see a marble statue of what looks like a lynx. Probably about six inches, five inches tall. Uh, check for chat. Roll an investigation check. There does appear to be an arcane aura around it but you test it with your paw and there's a moment where you get this flash, this flash that emanates through your vision and as you open your eyes, standing before you in this incredibly white realm is this beautiful elven woman. She stands, red hair flowing, green garb. You can see the bow that Halrod holds attached to her back and a lynx are laying at her feet. You watch as she takes a movement towards you, puts her hand under your chin, and she touches the fur of your chin. As she raises you up, you are completely healed to full hit points. As she looks to you in Elvish, she says, Rise, champion. It will keep you safe. And you watch as the lynx moves around you, circles your feet, and looks up at you intently. gonna like stroke it it's incredibly large for a lynx and you can see that it's got this shining uh, speckled pelt um, as it looks to you it's almost like an um, etherealness to it but as you cut back you open up You, your hand is already grasping around this statue of the lynx this white marble statue and you take it pocket it and stand to the rest of you you saw him glow this golden green light and stand every cut, every bruise, every pierce mark on him, cleaned and healed. He is speechless.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like you, like Leo kind of really would be, like just being taken to
1: somewhere else and had this like just very... That's probably your first ethereal experience in terms of religion. Yeah, but Um, not religious at all. And your kind really don't believe in the older gods. Like, you're an atheist society. Leon and I, in that way, they don't believe in the charge of the gods. They believe in their own domain, their own pride. So that was weird for you. And as you stand, you guys didn't see him go anywhere. That appears to have just happened in your mindset. But as you stand, you feel reinvigorated and purposeful. What would you guys like to do? It was just the healing, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I don't know the words to sort of explain it. Is it important? Uh, but we just—I just found this like statue. Oh, cool.
4: So, oh, it's an animal statue. A lynx. Keycloaks. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's <laughs> <His> headless, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as you gather together this new weapon upon your person. Leo, knowing the direction of your quarry, I assume you march. Did I know how to use the statue or anything? Nope. Okay. Uh, that might take a little longer study to actually Understood. work out.
0: Was there anything um, on the dice? Did you say there was a tomb? Yeah, something? the bow was on the dice. Was there any
1: writing or anything? Nope. Excellent. Just All the right. symbol and the writing was on the bow in Elvish. All right, sweet. All right. So at that, you begin trudging your way down this pathway. You can see as it winds. A fresh track from a slithering begins leading you to your eventual area. You enter into an open cavern, a cavern that you can see is quite circular in make with a hole sort of in the middle that seems to have been dug out. Uh, As you look around this area, I'll say backing your way up against the, the walls, I'd like you all to roll perception checks. Looking around this room, you can see that there appears to be quite a lot of stalactites sitting on top of the roof. You'll also see almost across the back in this darkened area, you watch as a slight movement occurs and key, you see the scaled massive body of this serpentine creature just move directly across your path almost as if camouflaged, but it seems to have wrapped itself around the back of the room. You look at the wounds that you had previously seen to have put on it and it seems it had partially healed some of itself upon the journey into this area. Looking around, it does not... Roll stealth checks, actually. 17. Okay, all of you, it does not appear to see you as it seems to be coiled towards the back of this chamber. Key, you just see it in the shining light. It's black and red scales just seem to a glisten enough so you just dis- can discern it against the rock surface um, so at that we can roll initiative if you want to
2: uh,
1: or is there some setup you'd like to do before? So can we try a- and get a surprise round really?
2: yes we yes. can get a surprise and I was thinking that I could keep us undetectable okay so what are you guys doing to set this encounter up what so are you, what are you doing I'm going to cast pass without trace okay Yep. Um, all
0: the, all the rock faces and stuff in this, um, area, are they like high enough to hide behind and stuff between ourselves and the, yes um,
1: Yes. This is the hole in the middle in the center there, but these rock surfaces that you see are definitely high enough to hide behind, uh, as partial cover. Uh, what were you saying? Sorry, Key.
2: So I cast p- Pass upon a Trace and as long as we stay 30 feet within each other, we are completely silent. So that will only work
1: before you initiate attack because as soon as you attack, it breaks your stealth.
2: Yeah, that's right. But
1: with your stealth, it'll give you a plus 10 bonus. Yeah.
2: It also means he can't see any tracks or anything like that that we leave behind, so we can pretty much move around freely yep. before any attack, As long attacks. as we stay within 30 As long meters. as we stay 30 metres within each other. Mm-hmm. So as you watch Key begin
1: to cast this spell, you watch as this slow mist begins to permeate through the entire cavern, of, and but it's black. You watch again as parts of his body begin to phase in and out of actual uh, existence and he looks towards you and motions for you guys to be quiet. What would the rest of you like to do?
4: Well, just as long as seven. that would be incredibly He's stupid. He's <laughs> moving. Yeah.
1: I'm going to start moving towards it. Okay. Uh, move yourself to where you would like to be. Roll
2: your stealth check as you do. Yeah, so we plus can. 10. We can roll stealth checks before we move. Yes. You have a plus 10 bonus to dexterity stealth. Yep. A roll for stealth. Yep, roll for stealth. still Hunter's mark. Okay, would you like to move anywhere? Yep, I'll move towards
1: Felix. So as the two Tabaxi begin moving, you watch this fog just surrounding Key, and as they do, they pass in and out of the shadow as they move through the darkness in this area. You watch as well as Halrod and also Leonidas begin to disappear in this shadow. What would you guys like to do? Leonidas? I'll be going around to the... Towards me, I guess. Okay, so moving around to the left, technically. So you coast the eastern wall, Leonidas, uh, readying your attack. At this point, all of you moving see this coiled serpent, head not visible at the current moment, but its large and massive body just seems to be curled at the back of this area here. Halrod, what are you doing?
3: I will move four paces to about here, just so we're not all bunched up. Mm-hmm.
1: so you assess the difference between your tabaxi companions and your leonin companion and you walk pretty much straight in the middle of it uh, and you you get yourself ready you guys will now have, an, uh, have a surprise round because uh, it hasn't detected you as you guys are stealthing through this shadowed area you look to each other you slowly get your weapons out waiting for the signal from one of you to fire whack it Mm
2: -hmm. can we see the head
1: no its head is currently like coiled inside itself um you see its tail just sort of protruding through and it's almost like it's constantly circling that tail disappears at points but then reappears it's almost like it's moving tighter and tighter upon itself it's sad and hugging itself (laughs) it's eating itself yeah i'm I'm gonna Attack. attack Uh, Leonidas, you climb and scale over a rock and you just hear his bellowing roar. And as it does, you guys get your surprise round as he moves towards it and slashes the snake body. Roll your attack, please. 17 to hit. That will hit. 11 points of damage with the Mm,
0: sword. Nice. Hunter's Mark damage. Hunter's Mark will do six. Another
1: five points of fire damage. So 24 points of damage total. Uh, as this flaming glowing orange blade begins moving toward the uh, this large snake, uh, what does your attack look like as it hits and definitely embeds some damage?
0: Uh, so basically I've like sort of straddled over this um, like mound of dirt or whatever, sort of snuck up relatively stealthy like um, and then basically just full on just hacked at this thing and as I, I've brought the sword down it's basically just flames sort of come out the back of it and I've just like slashed into this thing
1: nice uh, that brings us then to who else would like to initiate a surprise round all of us I think mm-hmm. so what are you guys doing alright I'll move simultaneously to Leonidas's attack
2: yeah so I'm, I'm moving simultaneously and I move directly up to it and then I will attack with my with my claws.
1: Alright, so you run in with the uh, Slash. As soon as you attack, the uh, spell fades around you because your position is known. So roll your attack, please. 19 will hit. Roll your damage. 8 damage. Nice. Okay. Uh, and then Halrod and Felix, what are you guys doing? Can I use bonus? Oh, yeah. Of course. Because I can use
2: unarmed strike. Hit. Roll your damage. 7 damage. Very good. Next up, Felix, go.
4: Uh, so I'm going to pretty much do the same thing like he did. I'm just gonna use a quarter staff for the initial attack and... An unarmed strike. So 17 for the quarterstaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 8 damage for the
1: quarterstaff. All right, cool. 11 to for the unarmed. All right, yes, that will miss indeed. So as you strike it, uh, it having woken up, it sort of rides around and you just hit this hard patch of scales on your second uh, hit, uh, doing no damage. Halrod, you're up. What are you going to do?
3: I'm going to move it to range. I am going to um, use my rager and bonus action and then I'm going to attack with form of the beast cause,
1: and that is eight points of slashing damage. Okay, wow. You watch as Leonidas initiates this attack from a stealth position. He roars, lunges forward with this orange blade and strikes at flame erupting, and in that incense of light, you watch as the two tabaxi companions just sort of bounce off the same rocky encampment and just slash down on this uh, enemy, and then Halrod comes in with claws of his own, and he just sort of strikes through and true on this beast. You watch as it writhes around, its head poking up, and as its head pokes up, it gets about 10 feet away from you, Key. And as it looks 10 feet away from you, looking at you with its now one good eye, the other one slashed out and scarred from yourself, we will roll initiative. It looks fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yes! uh, as this head pokes towards you, Key, you have the initiative and you feel this tongue just flicker across and smell you
2: and you hear this voice inside your head that says,
1: not today.
2: I've got my quarterstaff in my hand. Um, does the does Azula have his mouth open? Yes,
1: she seems to be ready and rearing for a strike.
2: I aim and I jam my quarterstaff into the snakes, into his mouth. Go for it, roll a
1: uh, attack. 15 will hit, roll your damage, five damage. Quarterstaff just lodges into the top of its mouth as it begins to strike down. The spiky wood of it just sort of embeds and causes this wound in the top of its mouth. It retracts in pain. I have um, an arm strike, 16. Hit. Roll your attack. Uh, roll your damage, sorry. Five. Nice. All yeah, right. So with the punch percent. as well, as you strike it in, it reels back and it comes down towards you again. But as it comes down towards you to bite you, you punch it directly in the jaw and it glances off, uh, missing its strike. Halrod. I'm going to attack with my battle axe. Roll your attack. Hit.
3: Yep. And I'll roll the damage. Well, in that case, I'm going to go with the D10 and do 13 damage. Um,
1: How do you want to kill it?
3: I uh, see um as, um, as it went to attack key. Um I went for a bite on him, he's punched it in the jaw and glanced it off, which has opened the head up for the strike. And I rear up with the axe and I rear up with the axe and just slash it at the neck and
1: Very good. You watch it. as half of its head begins to decapitate and as it sort of opened up this wound, you get sprayed with this venom sack and gland of blood, and as it spills upon you, you watch as he's carry style just covered in this black blood. Uh you watch as it writhes and wriggles and as it falls down directly onto the sand it says The Deceiver will return for blood and vengeance. And you watch as it just stops in its writhing and dies. You stand within this chamber, the smell beginning to hit you, your axe coated in this poison and blood. What would you all like to do?
2: I loot it. (laughs) Loot it. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Quite easily without a check, you're able to get two fangs. Uh, you can t- also, uh, it's got a, a red eyeball as well that you can take if you want to that's about the size of a dodgeball. I want to pick off some scales for armour. Go for it. Um, throughout the time here, you can, I'll get you to roll a survival check. Some things you can get easily without it, but things like scales that you have to actually uh, carve off and get survival checks for. 20, you're able to get probably, I'll say you'll are able well, to that was get, a nat 20, but yeah, so 24. Oh, well, 35 uh, scales come your way and each one's probably the size of your hand quite large so you could piece them together into a form of armour if you needed to yes my
3: smithy tools are getting a workout later
1: all right so you uh, place them into your pack as, as you do you said I've got fangs yeah yep two of them are they venomous are they- uh, depends be- if you wanted to keep the venom be- gland intact yeah hmm? do. who's getting them uh, roll your survival check that's a natural one okay so you go just towards them and just rip them out with your claws um, dislodging them from the venom sack unfortunately but they're large and they're white and they look fucking cool. Cool. You could probably get them to be forged onto a handle to create bone daggers if you wanted to. Knives of a Zulu.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm.
1: Two.
3: Don't forget, Tabaxi I did work as a blacksmith, and undercliff. Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: It was Zulu. As those two begin harvesting, what would the other two of you like to do, Felix and Leonidas? Does this seem like a, um, like a nest or end or?
4: Looking kind of around, roll a nature check. Just to be proactive, I'm going to start hacking this thing up yep. as much as I can with a dart. Yep. Like just chopping
1: it into pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. 21.
1: <laughs> All right, so as you look around in the darkness snake in some of the, some of the crevices and corners, you do see skeletons that seem to have been remains uh, in the same fashion that you saw them outside. You also see in the corner a large crumpled snake skin that seems to be in parts, partially dust, uh, that seems very old. Uh, This appears to be its resting zone. Uh, And as you look towards this area, you see it killed and still. You remember what had been told from the journal and from the myth of Azulu of its resurrection and its constant need to return. You also hear of its desire to return for vengeance and you wonder how long you have in this bout of safety.
3: Do we think it's a short time?
0: Do we get the impression that it's a very short time or do we get the impression like, oh, after like three
1: days it'll reappear?
3: I'm more hoping for three three centuries.
1: <laughs> All the story said was 40 days and 40 nights. It was fought by Kisona.
2: I think it was short enough that there was a, enough time that a person had to stay here permanently to ensure it never left. That's how short it was. Oh, I'm thinking of how it resurrects. Hmm. Well, is there anything does worth, the wounds
4: just heal? The eyes come back, and that just anything worth looting for? from the.
1: You well, look at most of the scales and the eyes and the teeth have all been taken. I meant from the bodies and stuff from around the. Oh, not really. No, it's all decomposed.
0: No, it is a time. Um. Well, yeah. Would could it be possible to get to
1: like the stomach or something and see if there's any remains? Done that? Yeah, I'll say rule of survival check. Well, I'm currently hacking it up. Nice. So as you look and open up, you basically assess exactly where the stomach is, (laughs) slice and open up the crevice, and you can see that it's almost completely empty. Uh, You note that uh, Wainwright did say it needed to feed, having been uh, slumbering for some time. Can I do a nature check to see if um, we can get any meat or anything from this? Yeah, Yeah, or anything. Oh, you probably know from your last check that... Uh, a beast such as this, you could probably cook it and eat it as a delicacy and some black markets might buy it, mm. but it's probably not something that's sold or eaten regularly. That so would be up to you if you wanted to take some. Yes. Uh, I will be. All right, you can get six pounds of it. Six pounds? Steak steaks. <laughs> Snake steaks. Steak. <laughs> Snake
2: steaks. Well, Felix was discussing the idea of it reincarnating and um, I was just going to explain to him that um, when I saw it just before, the damage I'd done to its eyes, it had already had recovered in such a small amount of time.
4: That's what I mean. Does, does it have to have itself to reform?
2: I don't think it does. Well, I think it has a natural oh. regeneration ability, but, but... just from what point? Well, the journal even says even if you decapitate it, you know, whatever happened to it, it would always come back.
3: So the question is, how do you make it slumber? Because remember, it went dormant for a while until she woke it up again.
2: It wasn't dormant,
3: it was contained. Maybe there's some more information in this cabin. Perhaps
2: down the other corridor. Well I'll um, I can open up the journal and look specifically for how they contained how they contained uh, Zulu. Is uh is the um
1: roller religion check key passed out a trace still up at all? No. No. It's cool. Flicking through the book, given the time that you have uh, while the rest of the party does their thing, you get to the page that talks about its confinement in this tomb. And you know that the priestesses of Kasona as well as Kasona herself with the um, with the help of Nekestis, God of the Forge, were able to create this anti-magic tomb that entrapped it basically. During that time that it was entrapped, it was not able to magically rejuvenate and it was the only way that they could stop it from rejuvenating and coming back after a number of days. As you look towards the creation of this, it seems like uh, a godly feat. You also noted the ruin, ruins that were in the room before that seem to have been shaped like a box. Uh, and you, sh- you see the illustration of it drawn by Wainwright in her journal and it seems to match the description of those runes that had crumbled. So whether it can be rebuilt or, um, or not, some very powerful mages will need to be involved in the process of doing so. It will probably need to be kept at bay in the meantime.
2: So I relay that back, pointing out that it looks like the only solution is to contain it. The unfortunate thing is we need to get help to do it. To get help, we need to leave, but we can't all leave. It's just like at SOMA, someone has to stay and keep it at bay. Do we know if we.
0: Do we think we know anyone that is powerful enough
2: to help? I don't. Sahara? She is pretty and she does magic. Oh, yes, Sahara. We could. We'd have to bring her here. But someone would have to stay. Or one person goes and we all stay. Level for the latter.
3: I mean, I'd be happy to stay here by myself, but I don't think I'd be able to keep it contained by myself.
2: I'll stay with you. You have
3: my quarterstaff. How about you, Leon? And do I have your sword? Well, someone has to go get this headmistress. I was going to send Felix. Felix have have My feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it is
0: settled. We shall remain until you return.
4: And with that, I'm going to take off it immediately. And straight away use my feline line agility and um, a key point to... Can I, before you go, can I give <laughs> you the meat to give to Breton?
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't want it to go... Oh. Send Breton down here too. We'll do. No, don't send Breton down here.
1: We'll not do. As you have this conversation, <laughs> Felix, you looking towards the tabaxi friend Key and the Leonin uh, Leo... You basically are holding the meat, looking left and right like a tennis match, and you eventually nod and then run off in the direction. The three of you camp down as your Tabaxi friend leaves. Felix, you run through the maze of this cavern. You eventually make your way back past the idol, which you look past and think, "Oh shit!" No, 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 no. Um, you eventually run through and up the um, the rope that Breton pulls up to help you go. And Breton looks at you and says, "Are you the only survivor?" Yes. I'm just kidding. You watch his face drop. (laughs) And as you say that, he goes to crawl down the hole and he says, Where are they?
4: I'm joking. I'm joking. They're fine. They're just uh, keeping this snake thing at bay at the moment. It's dead for the moment.
1: Does the 17 hit your AC? I don't think so.
4: Oh, that is my AC. (laughs)
1: Uh, You take four points of bludgeoning damage. He punches you in the mouth. He says, Don't do that. Again, you watch as he shakes his hand and he says, my God. Crack your body. (laughs) Pickle. So uh, here's some meat Leo said to give you. I know exactly what to do with this. And you watch as he puts it in his pouch. He says, Leonidas has good
4: taste. Snake steaks. Sure. You're welcome to stay here, I guess. I have to run back to the guild very quickly. Bye. And I take off again.
1: uh, You take off. As you take off, where are you going? The guild, straight to the guild. All right, you begin running. Over the course of an hour or so, you do get there. Um, i go straight to Arden's office. Yep. Knocking on the door. As the door opens, uh, you see Arden in there. And he's sitting there and he says, Felix, did I not send you but a day ago? Uh, Ah, yes. And I'm back now? Yes, obviously
4: it's urgent. Take a seat. Um, So yeah, I basically jump over the back of the couch onto the... Cross ah, the couch. That's clever. <laughs> I'm like, um, so. Damn. Turn- off the goods. Turns out that woman we had to go find. Yes, Wainwright. Yeah, she's a bit of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs>, laughs at that audibly
1: and he says, What do you need from me, Felix?
4: Well, see, she unlocked this tomb that held a snake that Are was our put there by. In
1: well,
4: no. We handled it. But. It does revive. And it took a god with a bow, or a goddess, sorry, with a bow,
1: to keep it contained in a containment field. You watch as he raises an eyebrow. He says, Kasona, god of the hunt. That's the one. And Azulu the deceiver. Yes. It's a bedtime story. It's true. And we managed to kill it,
4: but apparently it's going to be revived. And we need to contain it again. So we need. It s- was contained
1: within a chamber built by a god. To break that, you would need some very powerful magic.
4: Well... She found a way to do it. How, pray tell? I don't know. She had a journal that had a bunch of information about it.
1: He watches she... He, sorry, looks at you and he says, We're wasting time here. What do you need exactly? Maybe Saris? I'll send s- for her. She will meet your friends.
4: Also, maybe some guards to switch out watch in case the thing comes back alive.
1: This is under the purview of the Wasonian Arcane Institute. Under Saharis' watch, I trust that it will be handled. However, if she is in requirement of adventurers to remain behind as well to assist, then perhaps we will discuss that as well. But you look like you need a rest. On you go back. He's do you- down there. You need to rest. He will return. You watch as he pats you on the shoulder. He says, Your loyalty. It is by far your best quality. Thank you. But you need to know when to serve and when to serve yourself. You cannot help anyone when you are unable to walk yourself. And he looks towards you. Your feet are bloodied. You yourself are beaten and battered. Electrical char burns across your back. He says, Rest to fight another day. The key will be here by the time you awaken. Fair enough. You've done well. He pats you on the shoulder and he says, Help yourself to a cup of tea as he leaves. Another hour or so passes as the three of you sit in the chamber. As you look around, the smell's sort of starting to get to you. Intervals, you watch as like a rock falls or something and part of its body moves and Harrod just chops down at it with the axe just to make sure. Um, The cavern is quiet and you amuse yourselves by trying to throw rocks into a tankard. You hear the chinking of it as it hits the bottom. Roll dexterity check, see who wins. Can be sleight of hand for aiming
2: purposes. So key. Where are you from? I mean, you mean originally? Yeah, I mean, where were you born? I don't actually know. I think I think I was born in Capital. Where did you grow up? In an orphanage. In Capital? Yeah. Sorry to hear.
1: As well. He throws a stone, misses completely. Yeah. Alrod throws a stone, and this is like the nineteenth one you've completely missed. Oh, God damn it
2: How are you so accurate with a bow but you can't throw a stone It's a different kind of dexterity
1: mm. What did you get Key? 14 You watch as he is looking at you talking And as he does he just flicks a stone and it bounces off of the back wall and into the cup You don't even notice Key Do you uh,
0: know where your parents come from? Or? I have no idea I'm I'm actually quite curious because I haven't seen a tabaxi
2: quite like you before I um I really don't know much about my my origins. Again. Sorry to hear. <laughs> it's okay.
0: I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> that you are. How far away are you? You're probably within five feet of each yeah, other. I kinda going to pat him on the back and then throw another
1: rock and I got nineteen. Yeah. As you pat him on the back, it does that swivel that basketballs do as they go down like into the like beer pong you know, like, yeah yeah. it does the swivel and lands directly into the bottom I throw one with a 16 you get one too finally
3: oh praise Mardol finally <laughs> are you are you all religious no not really I just learned it from Undercliff
2: very well seems each to their own what about you what's your story I rolled a 15
1: Anything above a 14 gets in. 13. <laughs> Rim shot. Bing! <laughs> from the dry expanse. Yeah, but what's your story?
2: What are you doing here?
1: You watch as you throw three at a time. One, two, three, and all three get in. And you're just shocked.
2: There you go. Now you got it. I don't know how I did that.
0: Yeah, key. My, uh, I'm from the Rostodon trap. As you can see by my uh, signal ring here.
2: What does the signal ring look like? Pretty much, I would say just just like a lion's sort of face. Obviously, you come from quite a proud sort of origin to where what you're, where you come from. I am very proud of my pride. Interesting. It intrigues me that uh, being born into something just instantly makes someone proud. It is
0: I feel like a, a sense of belonging, but. uh I needed to venture out on my pilgrimage and and make my own way in the world, before I uh, return back. To make my pride proud of me. And what would make your pride proud? I'm not quite sure. Sometimes I think about that myself. Don't know if it'll be something personal, something financial. All I know is I'll know when I know. You know. What if you never know? Then I never return. And with that, I get
1: nine. Dink.
2: It's your turn, Key. 24.
1: Key hasn't missed one yet. 16. You have gotten the hang of it, Halrod. After spending three or so hours down here, looking over your shoulder at this snake every now and then, no movement, (laughs) slashing it for good measure every now and then as well, Halrod. You've eventually cleaned your armour of all the blood. You have engaged in conversation. The portation circle arises on the floor in front of you and Right before you, you see the beautiful figure of Siraj Saharis, the staff mage of Wasonian Arcane Institute. You see her gold curly, or sorry, her black curly uh, hair that goes down to about the middle of her back, her dark skinned face. Her arms are covered in golden bangles and these scholarly robes around her. She shoulders a black staff, which you know her to wield, and she looks towards you all and she says, We meet again.
3: Indeed, my lady mage. It's good to see you.
1: And you. Well, we've got ourselves into a bit of a bother here. Zulu the Deceiver, as I live and breathe. What a tremendous foe you have conquered today.
3: Mm,
2: Took
1: less time than 40 days and 40 nights, that's for sure. Well, at least this time. Cosona battled and defeated this monster as you have many, many times. Or she will return. Looks towards you. I can contain it with some of my mages on staff if you are required elsewhere. But any assistance and expertise in this matter from you will be welcomed if you wish to stay. However, I understand if Arden requires your presence. In terms of the holding and containment chamber, I'll also have my mages work on that. It is regrettable to hear that Wainwright had such devious means. She deceived us all. Her plots... Involving the lodestones, obviously a deception. Doesn't matter anymore, she's dead. Her remains are back up in the other chamber. Despite what she has done recently, she was a very much beloved member of her staff and community. It must have taken something of extreme importance and power. Felix did it. Excuse me?
3: Sorry, carry on my lady mage.
1: <laughs> she says... It just baffles me that somebody could change so quickly. Did you find any of her personal effects?
2: May I have them? I found a, um, well, I, I've got some broken spectacles. uh, Crystal, there was a transport pass for the colleges. Indeed, I will take both of those if there it's is all the same to you. You may. A necklace. Arcane necklace. A spell book. And this is the journal, of course, as well. She takes it all if you are willing to give it. And that's it.
1: Roll a deception check. Yeah. (laughs) She looks at you softly. Doesn't seem to doubt you. Now she looks around, she takes the items and she says, I will ensure she gets a proper burial, whether she deserved it or not. She had many students. We will investigate the cause of a sudden change.
4: That's good to hear.
1: You are relieved of duty. If you wish to venture upwards to the surface, you may.
0: Thank you, headmistress. I'm going to throw a stone. 19.
1: You throw it over your shoulder.
2: Swish. Is Sahara still here?
1: Yes. She's standing in front of you.
2: Do you know how to teleport? Is that what you just did just now? She looks at you and says,
1: Yes, it is a spell that took me quite a few years to master, but there are many ways that one can transport themselves from one place to another. Some over shorter distances than others as well. This is quite a high-level spell. But if you wish to do so quickly, there are other means. You are curious toward the arcane arts. Master
2: key. Transportation, yes. Well, there are many ways to skin a cat, you might say. How do we skin this cat?
1: Well, given your uh, service to the college, I could teach you. That'd be terrific. And she says you may report to me on a weekly basis. I will do that. Providing that my duties here are not so much a drain on my time to the rest of you if you require anything. The Rusonian Institute of Arcana owes you a great debt of gratitude. It is untold what kinds of devastation this beast would have caused if set free. After all, mythologically speaking, it was held at bay by a god of Calamvor during one of its most devastating wars. You have done well today to survive with your lives and you must consider yourselves lucky Perhaps someone is watching over you all. Sure they are. I don't much believe that either. As she looks around to you all, she um, glances to you, Halrod, and she says, that artifact, it will serve you well.
3: Do I get to keep this?
1: As far as I'm concerned, I never saw it
3: ching
1: let it guide you
3: I will indeed my lady mage where to? she cracks her knuckles oh no I'll, I'll make my own way back oh come on for the ride
0: no no I, I need to go check out the other the other path so I'll be doing that
3: don't be such a scaredy cat
0: no, no.
3: I think his
1: curiosity is getting the better mm. of him
3: yeah you know what they say about that me mm. too
1: Shall we? And she holds out a hand. Let's go. I'm tired. I was frozen today. <laughs> as you grab her Felix hand, Felix died today. What do you got? <laughs> as you hold, as you hold her hand, you watch this blue light begin to circle and then <laughs> illuminate the entire room, and then vanish. Uh, Leonidas, you left there in the dark for a moment. The two of you remaining within this arcane circle. You look around to Saharis and there's this whooshing of blue that's going past you as you look at her in a soft smile and you land in the office of Arden Cassian. Arden sitting there, you watch as he moves over to Siraj, puts a hand on her shoulder and gives a kiss on her cheek and she gives a nod and she says, go easy on them Arden, they've done well today. And you watch as she just disappears again in blue. Arden looks to both of you and says, And Leonidas? Ah, uh, he's rather fancy the walk. <laughs> Very well. It's good to see you well, and it seems you have picked up a few trinkets along the way. Key, you will be happy to know that, well, Felix is resting. He was quite eager to hear from you on your return, so perhaps that should be your first stop. You've done well. Looks around. You are dismissed. He watches how Rod leaves. Have you given more thought into my offer?
2: Yeah, it's on the front of my mind, absolutely.
1: Find me when you're ready for that conversation. I will. I leave. All right. I go to find Felix. You find him in your quarters, Howlrod? straight to the bar for a glass of milk. Um, so as you find him, what would you like to do or say? Um, I sit down. Hey, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. I couldn't go back and
4: join you guys. That's all right. Everything worked out well. You got back here a lot quicker than I
2: got here. Yeah. But, um, time for a rest, but, uh... Before we do... Have you ever heard of the Pit of Praetor? Well, you should come with me. Because I'm going to go check it out. What is it? It's a tournament. Bite to the death. But... I'll tell you what we're doing on the way. All right. But let's rest first. Did
4: anything interesting happen in the cave while I was gone?
1: Nah. (laughs) And at that, we fade on that room. I'm kind
3: of just sitting at the bar, stewing over, and like normally I'd have, back in the past, I'd have Thorzite sitting next to me to bounce ideas off him. So I'm kind of just looking at Malone and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just suspicious of everything. Like, kind of venting my feelings at the bartender.
1: Mm. Malone looks to you and says, Well, at the very least you've gotten a new accessory. Aye, the bowl is quite pretty, isn't it? Passes you another glass of milk.
3: It's just that... It's just... ah. Earlier today they sent me away and had a conversation in private and I don't like that kind of behaviour.
1: He gives a nod and he says, From what I've found... The various adventuring parties. There are people that have their alliances before they arrive. But stick true well enough, once you've risked your lives together for enough time, you, you create a bond like no other. That's why that room exists, and he points to Thorsite's Hall. Quite soon, I'm sure that you will contribute something, as will the rest of your party.
3: Eh, maybe when I hang up the adventuring boots, the, uh, the ball sit in there.
1: Perhaps, or you can give it to somebody worthy. He watches. He strokes his tuft of single hair. His half elven ears poking out more than usual. But as he looks to you, and he says, "Don't get disheartened, Helrod. I know it's only been a short time, and without Thorzad, you—you feel like your sense of belonging is gone. But you don't know how much respect you've earned around here already. You're well revered in Undercliff." Thank you, Moan. You always know how to make a guy feel feel better. He gives a nod and he says, "Oh, and always remember what our mutual friend told you." Always. He gives a nod and he also then pours a glass of milk next to you. That one's for him, Morn. And at that, we cut to Leonidas in the pit. So we we had a short rest, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, so Leo is basically going to um, head back towards um, that main chamber, Mm -hmm. um, like coming out of the water or whatever. Uh, No issues. No. Sweep. And then instead of turning um, or going straight or right, he's going to go left down the uh, narrow path. Yep. Cautiously.
1: Roll a stealth check. 21. All right, so as you make your way through this pathway as quietly as you possibly can, you eventually... Snake your way through this corridor, and you eventually make your way to this armory like area. You can see that there are a few sets of armor that seem to be in disrepair, all of them emblazoning the symbol of Kasona. As you look towards this area, there is also a chamber that leads down into a smaller room, and atop that, you can see a green gem that seems to just be sitting all by itself, hovering and rotating.
0: Uh, I am going to do what I did with the, um, the sphinx and,
1: uh, just go, uh, assess it and, um, check for traps. Roll a, are you arcana checking or investigating? I will investigate. Mm -hmm. All right. So as you investigate, you move. It's definitely Magical. Mm-hmm. And there's almost like this aura of static electricity that passes over you as you move into its space. As you go to touch it or move your hand around it at least, there is like a magnetic force that is sort of stopping you. It's definitely emitting something magical, but it doesn't appear to be trapped.
0: Uh, is it stopping
1: me from completely grading it at all? or like You can just- get centimetres from it and you could probably touch it if you tried, but there is a resistance there. It's almost like that's the magical aura that's sort of protruding from it, which is quite strong. Like a like a genuine, genuine magical item is usually quite um, like mundane and, and you can pick it up and you can't tell that it's magical straight away, but mm-hmm. this is emanating a force.
0: Yeah. Leo's going to try and pick it up. Uh, can you please roll a wisdom
1: saving throw? Nine. Okay. So at that... You reach out to touch it, this green glow emanating over your perfectly sculpted mane. As you reach out, your claws clasp around it. And as you do, you feel this this force just move over your body, almost like this this booming essence of green that comes from this actual object. You watch as well as the permeating light comes from between the pores of your, your hand. And as you hold it, you feel this almost like a spike being driven straight through your mind. And as you hold it, we cut to a third party view and you can see Leonidas in this chamber holding it backlit by green as it's shining bright and bright and bright and bright and then suddenly the light is gone and so is Leonidas. And as that chamber falls into darkness. We'll end our session there. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes. And make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay, and loves D&D.
2: We'll see you next time.